Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development discussion series featuring candid conversations with business leaders and innovators across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts on how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and talented workforces in the nation. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. To hear more discussions like this, visit the Michigan Opportunity at thegreatvoice.com. We'll be right back with more on the Michigan Opportunity. Welcome back to the Michigan Opportunity. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast or download the Michigan Opportunity through your preferred podcast platform. And now your host, Ed Clemente. Hello, I'm your host for this special edition of Michigan Voices for our 83 counties. And I want to thank our CEO and Chief Economic Competitive Officer here at the Michigan Economic Development Corp Corporation, and that is Quentin Messer. Welcome to the show, Quentin again. Thank you, my friend. It's good to be back with you. It's been too long. You're my most popular guest. You've been on three times. Just oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're, we're going to have to work your ratings up. Oh, uh, I know. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> well, just just say something about the Lions and maybe that'll yeah, There you go. <laughs> Seven and two. Um, Seven and two. Look, yeah. Looking good. Doing well. So um, what this idea is, and I'm going to, first of all, give you somewhat credit for it, but I'm sure, I don't know if you came up with the idea down in Louisiana, but so we have 83 counties, and I'll give you a little trivia about them afterwards. But how did this idea germinate for you originally before you came up here, too? So, Grant, it's always a pleasure to, to talk to you, Ed, and I, I just love the podcast and what you and the team are doing. So this really is an idea that, you know, I think speaks to maybe three things that are uh, great about Michiganders. Uh, this incredible pride of place. No place do I see people with like bumper stickers and things on their car that sort of say, I love home and the shape of the state. So that was one. True. And I have traveled a lot extensively. I didn't have a nexus to Michigan before. And 83 wonderful counties on two of the most beautiful peninsulas. And I said, you know, uh, we should just have a voice from each county. And it's something that I did when I was in Louisiana, um, when I was in New Orleans, we have a number of wards in New Orleans. So we had a voice from every ward in Louisiana. There are 64 parishes. Um, so this notion of making sure that um, we all come together because it takes all of us, all 83 counties to make Michigan special. So it's great to hear voices. I'm glad that you and the team have taken the notion and refined it. I'm very excited to see where this is going to end up. And so, I mean, you, and I will mention myself, but I think I've been to almost every county in Michigan, but two or three. But, you know, the hard ones are obviously the Western UP up going closer to uh, Minnesota almost. Um, but I think you've been to, have you been to every county? I think you're pretty close to it if you haven't been yet. I'm close. I do not want to claim that. <laughs> Uh, because I'm sure somebody will fact check me, but I, I feel like I've, I'm probably in the seventies 
Well, you know, if you think about it, beyond like um, people who are elected statewide, like U.S. senators, I imagine Governor Whitmer's probably been to all 83 by now, and maybe the lieutenant governor has. But, you know, it's not like a lot of people have a reason to go to everyone for work purposes. And, And as someone who's probably traveled, I think I've been to at least 110 trails I've hiked in the state. I always go to a lot of different places. And even when I was the liquor control judge, um, I I think we had, I think they said there were 15,000 licensees in the state, you know, with liquor control. And I, and I think I had probably every county represented at some point in front of me for something or a licensee that I had to help out. And it is amazing because I would keep a map in my office and look up everyone because it would be some township, you know, it could be a city, could be a village. And I would look where they were because I was always fascinated to know I didn't hear about it before. And I've lived here my whole life. And I was always surprised to see how many places there are. And just to give you a little bit more about this, what we're doing today is we're just going to tease uh, a, a new uh, sort of product we're going to be offering at the MEC, you know, website about the all the voices from each of these counties. And just for you, you're the intro, and we're going to have four guests we've already I've already interviewed, and we're going to put them on, and we're just going to let each of them talk a little bit about where they're from, their business. And uh, just a little bit what they like best about where they live, too. So uh, just to give you a quick update, uh, there's I would just mention that some are urban, some are rural, you know, some are agricultural, recreational. You know, they all come from different. The counties they're from are Genesee County, which is Flint is probably the most famous city. Van Buren, which is further southwest. Uh, Go. Gogebic, if I get yelled at for saying it wrong, that's up in the western UP, and then also close to Lansing, Eaton County. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun, but you know, just how many different exciting groups there are here, and they want to, and they're all good interviews too. So, I mean, for you, you've been to the UP a ton now, I think it seems like, and it's amazing how big the counties are up there versus the ones downstate. Absolutely, I mean. You know, it's still you know, one third of the state's landmass is in the UP, and we are the largest state by landmass east of the Mississippi River, and the eleventh largest in the U.S. Thank you for coming up with this great idea, and uh, we think it's really going to play out well, and it's going to be a project that's always happening as new people and voices come online with it. But thanks for coming up with the germ and to get it started. Well, it's a team effort. You know, every idea has to have a group of folks who um, are like gardeners, you know, the people who plant in and germinate in and water it and uh, pull up the weeds and refine it. Um, So I'm grateful to be part of a a group of creative folks who take great care and interest in telling the stories and giving greater voice to people across both of our great peninsulas. Uh, I I am so thrilled, and I just am a big believer in narrative change. It's so important that people realize how special this state is, how fortunate we are to be in this state. And uh, I'm glad that we're going to be getting to, to, to bring that message out and help educate people and have some fun in the process. 
Yeah, and once again, thanks for the idea. And I want to thank again Quentin Messer, our CEO, Chief Economic Competitive Officer here at the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Thanks, Quentin. Appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Talk soon. We'll be right back with more on the Michigan Opportunity. Thanks for joining us on The Michigan Opportunity, brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Whether you're looking for small business resources, exploring an expansion or relocation, or seeking a world-class workforce, visit michiganbusiness.org to learn how you can make it in Michigan. Your host of The Michigan Opportunity, Ed Clemente. Brandy Cook-Brown, Executive Director for 100K Ideas, and that's in Flint. How you doing, Brandy? Great. Thank you so much for having me, Ed. I appreciate it. Well, you and I know each other because you did a full podcast in the past, and uh, we appreciate that. And we know your company is a pretty exciting company. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what 100K ideas are? Yeah, I love my favorite thing to do, talk about it. Uh, So we are a nonprofit located right at Flint, Michigan, Genesee County, designed to help people who have ideas move them forward. We know everyone has had an idea at some point for a business, whether it's a service, a product, a nonprofit, something that they would like to do that they're curious if it can actually be a business. So we were designed to help people do exactly that. We help them with research. We help them with developing prototypes to website development, logo design, um, anything in between, all with the goal to help them get into market. Um, We know that journey can be difficult and we really aim and strive to be a place that can just be supportive of those who have not done something like this and maybe don't have a reference point to enter, you know, the entrepreneurship realm. So we really have defined a little lane for us and this amazing ecosystem of support providers to just be that very first step when you are ready to start a business, but aren't sure how to get started. Well, not only are you in Flint, why don't you tell people how you got the name? Yeah. So we, uh, really based it on the city. We allowed it to kind of inform it by, you know, at the time saying, hey, there's roughly about 100,000 people in Flint. Our goal is to get 100,000 ideas um, through our doors with the goal that we know if we were able to really help that many people, you know, maybe start their own businesses, maybe have an extra stream of income, you know, to their full-time position or part-time position that could really make some economic change um, in this community. So we really, that is our goal one day is to get to 100,000 ideas. And I think, you know, you did mention this, I know, in the full podcast, but why don't you say again, who were the sort of starters of this organization? Yeah, the... 100K Ideas was really the brainchild of David Olala and Phil Hagerman. They came together um, about 2015, 2016 to really build out this kind of world in Flint. There were already some awesome resources here, and it was just to complement what was already built um, as a way to kind of be a feeder organization you know, knowing, hey, you help people once they know what they're doing, that they've had it fleshed out. You know, what about when they really do not know how to get started? And so that's something we are able to carve out with ourselves. And together, they really created the foundation for what we've now become, which is a place that people go to get started, that, you know, we get referrals across the state of, you know, people that are trying to get started and don't know what to do. Um, so it's really helped build, I think, an amazing movement towards people feeling comfortable exploring their ideas. 
And it's a lot of it tends to be non-traditional type of people that probably would not get into business. They just might have an idea, but you actually help them sort of fertilizer to get that idea going, right? Absolutely. You know, because most of the people we work with, they have jobs, right? They're not you know, necessarily thinking, oh, I can quit my full-time job and do this. You know, some cases, yes, that is what ends up happening. But for a lot of people, they're like, hey, I just want to see if this can be something. Can I just add this as a potential revenue stream and learn a lot of lessons along the way? And, you know, they just get excited for those, you know, small wins of being able to sell something or being able to get a client and really start to see it get built. And so um, we're just excited to be in a community that really fosters that in general and has a culture of innovation and has a history of that. So we feel like it's the perfect place to, you know, be set up and call home. Yeah. And switching to you a little bit, uh, I know you actually grew up actually in Ingham County or Eaton. I'm not sure which. <laughs> yes. Ingham County. <laughs> what high yeah. school did you go to? What high school did you go to? Yeah, I went to Sexton High School in Lansing, Michigan. So I'm, I'm a very, very, very proud uh, Sexton graduate. And how did you get to this gig? Yeah. So I, after graduating high school, I went off to University of Michigan. Very, very, you know, great experience. I learned a lot, grew a lot. Um, and as I was graduating, I knew I was not ready to go to grad school, but, you know, didn't quite know what was next. Um, obviously majoring in something that does not result in a full-time job right away, because that's what most, that's what college is for. You know, you just experiment. You don't think about <laughs> real life applications just yet. Uh Trust me, I uh, I don't know if I've finally matured yet. Anyway, <laughs> you get there, you get there. Um, but <laughs> as I was graduating, um, University of Michigan actually was entering their second year of hosting a college advising program, and so. Sexton happened to be on the list of high schools that they were expanding into in year two, and so it really kind of just really worked out um, that I got to go back to my old high school and be a, a near peer college advisor to students that were very similar backgrounds to myself, being a first generation college student, not really knowing anything about that process and really just focusing on helping them navigate the application process, navigating financial aid, understanding what terms need, and you know, making connections with these institutions to also recruit students from our school that maybe don't get that interaction and really just help build that college-going culture um, in that school, but also in the wider community. So that really is what gave me my taste into nonprofit work. So once that commitment ended, it was AmeriCorps-funded, so it was a two-year program. I went into the private sector for a couple of years um, working at a consulting firm, which I forever credit with my ability to be a professional to this day. It was, you know, it was very corporate, um, but it really taught me and it really groomed me into, okay, this is how you handle professionalism. This is how you handle meetings. This is how you, you know, handle clients. This is how you engage, you know, with people from various backgrounds. And I will be forever grateful for that. But I knew I wanted to kind of go into a different lane and really get back into nonprofit and serving individuals. And I have to come to Flint um, when the Ferris wheel building, which is where we were housed, um, 100K was housed at the time, was about to open. And I met David Olala um, at that event and we got the talking. I had a background of interest um, to him of a position that they had open. And literally, I think maybe three, four weeks later, I was driving to Flint to start this new job um, at this brand new organization. I came in 
December, they had opened in November. So they were also still figuring out the kinks. So I feel like, you know, I've grown along with 100K. I've been here, you know, longest reigning employee. I can wear that on my hat. Um, But really, you know, doing every single position in some form or fashion and its growth and really helping define where it goes. So it's a weird story with a lot of twists and turns and ending up in places I, you know, didn't think I would be. But um, all of that is so relevant to where I am now and has helped really you know, me so much in my day to day. The best part of life are the twists and turns when you look back at it, but uh, <laughs> it takes you a while to figure that out. <laughs> um, the last question for you yes. is, um, what do you, what's one of your favorite things to do in uh, Genesee County? Oh man, I don't have just one. I will say August is probably yeah, you can give the me a most couple. fun time. Okay, I can give. Okay, thank you. you don't you're not gonna make me pick one. Um, no, August is such a great time. Uh, I want to thank you again. It was uh, Brandy Cook Brown. She's the executive director for 100K Ideas. Thanks again, Brandy, for doing this today. Thank you so much again for having me, Ed. It's always a pleasure. We'll be right back with more on the Michigan Opportunity. Thanks for joining us today on the Michigan Opportunity. To hear more discussions like this, visit the Michigan Opportunity at thegreatvoice.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Ed Clementi and we're fortunate to have Nancy Oxley with us. She's a vice president and head winemaker at St. Julian's Winery and Distillery. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Thanks for having me. And you uh, have a unique position, obviously. I don't think there's many uh, winemakers in the state. Uh, But why don't you tell us a little bit about St. Julian's, It's a little bit of its history, and what you do there? Sure. So we are a winery and, of course, a distillery, as you had stated. So St. Julian was founded in 1921 by Mariano Coney in Windsor, Ontario. It was during Prohibition. So as soon as Prohibition was over, the winery moved across the Detroit River to Detroit. And we were there for two years until they decided it was crazy to try to get the grapes from the southwest corner of the state over to the Detroit area. So we moved the winery in the heart of where all the grapes were growing. So we are in Pawpaw, Michigan, which is in Van Buren County. And it is in the heart of the Lake Michigan Shore Appalachian. So one of five of the Appalachians in our state. And it's predominantly where most of the grapes are growing in our great state. So the winery has been in our current location since 1936. And in 1996, we became Michigan's oldest craft distillery as well. So we are very committed to Michigan agriculture. Most of our products that we're working with are growing right in Southwest Michigan in Van Buren County. Um, I I will mention Berrien because a few grapes come from Berrien. It's okay. No, no, it's all right. (laughs) Go ahead. But the southwest corner of the state. So we're really committed to what we're doing. So when we're producing wines, our grapes are growing in this corner. Uh, We work with cherries that are growing from Lawton, Michigan, which is in Van Buren County. Uh, We're working with apples throughout the entire state. But now that we are a distillery as well, we distill fruit products, but we also are in the bourbon game. So we're now working with Michigan grown grains. And so very committed to Michigan agriculture here. But we make wines, we make sparkling wines, we make sparkling juices. So if your family, it's a great thing for the kids. Uh, we do ciders and then, of course, all kinds of spirits. So we're doing vodkas and rums and, and whiskeys and bourbons and 
you name it, we've either made it into a wine or a spirit around here. So, so from a academic perspective, uh, did you have to get? I mean, I, I will we'll talk about you in a second. But is there different training? And I believe there is for distillery versus winemaking, because it's obviously two different, very physical processes, correct? They are. So whether you're brewing or distilling or making wine, there's the fermentation process that has to convert the sugars to alcohol, uh, whether you're you know producing it as finely as a wine or if you're doing the distillation. But um, there, yes, there are programs that you can go through that do have specific trainings, but there are a lot of winery owners and winemakers that had former careers and all kinds of different business avenues that have made wine as well. So, Yeah, I, and I think I mentioned to you, I was on the Liquor Control Commission, but uh, way prior to that, uh, I had been to Papa many times, to, to, but it was just wine mainly when we would go by there. So, you know, when I was at the commission, the distillery uh, like sort of phase was just starting to really ramp up across the state. And I know there's an association at distillers too now. Yeah, so if, if it has been that long since you've been to St. Julian, we are midway through a $10 million plus dollar renovation here. So uh, we look completely different than what we did even last year. But if, you, if it's been that long, you probably wouldn't even recognize the place if you came back through. So we invite you to come back to visit. Well, no, no, no. It's, when I, it's on my way, especially when I would go to Chicago. I'd always try to stop by. Because um, you're not far off 94, too, right? The one just Correct. Uh, yeah. We are exit 60 off of 94. And once you get off the interstate, we are in the heart of Papa. I think the, the village of Papa grew up around St. Julian since we've been here ah, for four months. Uh, yeah. And um, it helps that my family, I'm Italian, too. But uh, we got involved in the business, too, at one point. <laughs> <laughs> We've always said Italian roots, Michigan soil. So, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and it's funny. Uh, I'm former state rep, but I used to work a lot with the ag department, agriculture department, and it is amazing how the west side of the state is such a diverse types of crops that grow there. I mean, I'm sure. I know Van Buren is probably was one of the top for diversity, even because there's not just wine and like you said, our grapes and uh, cherries, but there's a lot of other things growing in that area, isn't there? There are. Michigan's the second most diverse state, agriculturally speaking, in the United States, second to California. So um, we do a lot of different things over on this side. So I know the east side is very auto manufacturing driven over here. We're very ag driven. So, <laughs> yeah. So you um, actually did though, get some formal training. Uh, you're originally not from Michigan, but you grew up in Indiana, correct? Correct. Yes. And you went to Purdue or where'd you get your degree? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I grew up um, in Lafayette, Indiana, where Purdue is in West Lafayette. So we were right across the river from the university. And I went into food science, uh, technically food manufacturing operations is my undergrad. So I know all kinds of things about different food related uh, food processing. Um, got bit by the wine bug. I went out to California. I did an internship out in Sonoma and came back to the Midwest. And I'd grown up here in the Midwest and I knew that's where I wanted to be. And I, I knew a little bit about Michigan at that time before I started working here. 
but it's such a, a unique time to be part of the wine industry in Michigan. I mean, we have so much going on. We're such a young industry and we're really building a name for ourselves right now um, at, in its entirety. So whether we're producing wine down here in Southwest, if you're up in that Traverse City area, even Tip of the Mitt, which is up in that Petoskey region, uh, we have wineries now in the Detroit area. So we are growing wines throughout the entire state, even up in the UP. And so for us to be able to plant grapes throughout the state and see what we can actually do and be a part of it, it is quite amazing. I would imagine, do you guys host weddings or do you have like a uh, sort of a pavilion or anything too? We at St. Julian do not, but there are so many barns that here in Southwest Michigan that you can get married in. Um, they have activities, they have winter activities, spring, summer, it doesn't matter what time of the year. There's always something going on, fall time. Uh, there's a lot of the color tours and we do that down here in this area too. So if you're out just driving in the countryside, um, especially in fall, the smell of the grapes, it's absolutely amazing. We have Welch's that is in Lawton, Michigan and um, it smells just like grape juice outside. So it's a pretty neat <laughs> be here so <laughs> yeah no 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 now i now i want to go right away um all right well thank you very much i appreciate you doing this uh, this was nancy yeah. oxley she's the vice president and head of winemaker at saint julian's winery and distillery and nancy you're a lot of fun and it sounds like you love your job and you're a great representative for van buren county thank you we'll be right back with more on the michigan opportunity Welcome back to the Michigan Opportunity. And now, your host, Ed Clemente. Hello, and welcome back to the show. We're fortunate to have Michelle Lawrence, Social Light Society. Why don't you tell us what that is, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So, Social Light Society is an independent bookshop that celebrates Black women in Black literature. We curate classic, contemporary, and children's titles predominantly written by women of color, and we are located inside of the Lansing Mall in Eaton County. So, just to help folks out, Eaton County is sort of like the Lansing area, right? It is, yes. And the other half is usually Ingham, and you lived, I forgot, you, your, your, your shop is in Eaton, but you live in Ingham? Absolutely. So um, we are in Eaton County. Um, I am a resident, though, of Ingham County. And it's interesting, though, this area, this um, Waverly area is like right on the border between Ingham and Eaton County. Yeah. And, and you grew up in the Lansing area. What high school? I always get a shout out for your high school. Absolutely. So I grew up in the Lansing School Districts and I graduated from Sexton High School way back in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to date it, don't worry. <laughs> uh, but so w what sort of um, got you on this path? I mean, you know, not everybody opens a bookstore, let alone sort of a unique boutique one like yours. For sure. So I've always been an avid reader and writer. Um, I've written poetry for as long as I can remember. And so I kind of grew up going to the local bookstores um, here in the Lansing area. Um, my dad's also an avid reader. So we spent a lot of time in bookstores. A few years ago, my husband wanted to take me out on a date. And before going to dinner, he suggested that we go to one of the local bookstores here in town. And so we did that. I went to the section that was labeled women of color and I was pretty disappointed with what I saw. Um, the curation wasn't that great. You can tell that a black woman probably hadn't been consulted um, as they put that together. 
And so I left the store without buying anything. I was pretty disappointed, but we spent the rest of the evening talking about how I could create a space where black women would feel seen and feel celebrated. Uh, now this is something I thought that I would do much later in life. I am a mom of four girls um, <laughs> who are quite young, uh, ranging in age um, from five to 16. And so at the time of this idea, my youngest daughter wasn't even born. So I figured I'd be like this little old lady sitting behind the desk of my uh, a bookstore. Um, this would be something that I would do when most folks were thinking about retiring. Um, but some things opened up. Uh, there was a local competition called Lansing Built to Last. And they were asking for ideas for businesses that could um, withstand another shutdown um, if the world came to that. And so I was encouraged by some friends to um, enter my business idea. And I did. And um, unfortunately, I did not uh, win, but I finished as a top five finalist. And from there, I was able to see that um, the community really wanted um, a space um, like the one that I had in mind. And um, so from there, we started doing um, pop-ups at local events. And then we progressed to sharing space with another local business. And then in January of 2022, we landed inside of the Lansing Mall for our first um, very own brick and mortar space. Yeah. Have you heard of LEAP, uh, the economic organization for the Lansing area? Absolutely. I, I've participated in um, uh, LEAP programs. They're one and all program and also been a part of their hatching pitch contest. Very familiar with LEAP. Yes. We're good friends. Yeah. <laughs> I had some friends that said they heard I was talking to you and they wanted to make sure that, you know, that you remember who they were. So Absolutely. I <laughs> could never I forget. They're a big part of our startup story for sure. That's great. What I really enjoy um, just about our community in general is the way that we try to embrace diversity. Um, we embrace new ventures. Um, there's uh, ample space for um, connections, whether it's um, between businesses or different programs. Um, and then there's always, always something to do. So whether we are um, celebrating Juneteenth or we're celebrating um, uh, Hispanic uh, Heritage Month, or th there's always something, um, ways for us to find out more about each other um, and learn more about each other's stories. So that's absolutely what I love. And one other question I probably should have asked you even earlier. Uh, okay. Where did the, the name come from, Social Light Society? So I love and don't love when people ask me this question because I want <laughs> to have this really great profound answer. It really just came to me, right? Yeah, um, so social light, so, so sh I was thinking about um, people and building community and light. How can we be the light in somebody else's life? And that's really what uh, the store is all about. Um, shining the light on um, these stories by black women, but also shining the light on each other. What are the best ways that we can just celebrate each other for being who it is that we are. Well, I don't want to surprise you, but that is a good answer. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job. Thank well, you. <laughs> uh, well, I want to thank you again. It's uh, Nichelle. Uh, I said Nichelle, sorry. Like no, Nichelle. it's okay. Nichelle, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lawrence, Social Light Society uh, Bookshop and everything else. It sounds like you do there and keep up. I hope you keep doing poetry, by the way. Absolutely. Stopped. Okay, good. No, your kids not at all. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Uh, well, thanks again for taking time to do it today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Benjamin Bartz, he's the general manager of the Snow River Mountain Resort. Welcome to the show, Benjamin. Hey, thanks for having me. 
Oh, my pleasure. And for a lot of our listeners, let's uh, let's kind of tell us where you're located. What county are you in first? I live in Gogibic County, which is in the far western reaches of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, uh, kind of sandwiched right between northern Wisconsin and Lake Superior. So it's actually closer, is like getting close to Duluth almost? Is it that far? Almost. It's uh, There's a little bit of Wisconsin between, uh, between us and Duluth, but only about two hours away. It's a two-hour drive to Duluth. Do you ever go to Duluth? Like, is that a big city to go to for people? Up there? Yeah, we're sort of equidistant between Duluth, Wausau, and Marquette. Uh, those are our three oh. main cities, and they're all over two hours away. So pretty isolated, um, but it's yeah. a nice place well, to live. That's, yeah, no. And um, why don't you talk a little bit, too, about Snow River Mountain Resort? What where, What is it? Like, it's just a ski resort, or is it other things? Yeah, so Snow River is a, a resort group uh, kind of built out of the former Indian Head Mountain Resort and Blackjack Resorts. Uh, so we're, we're under one new name now. We've got two ski areas, uh, lodging, uh, restaurants, and bars. Uh, so just kind of a destination resort uh, in the heart of the UP. And is it open during the summer too then as a resort? Yep. Yeah, so in the summertime we offer, uh, you know, places to stay, nearby you know all the recreation opportunities as well as uh weddings family gatherings things of that nature yeah and the up has been pretty hot since covid too right <laughs> like a lot of people have been going yeah we've there. been seeing a lot of people you know moving into the area and also visiting uh it's a good place to get away from it all what's the furthest you've met somebody like how far away did they come to get to you like a state or somewhere else oh let's see I think most people, the most common thing I hear is uh, folks from Illinois, uh, which is you know a good five, six hours away. Yeah. But people, if you come from the Lower Peninsula, that's that's a long ways. There's definitely some people that do that. Uh, it's over 10 hours usually from people down in the Detroit area. Yeah. And so uh, how many slopes are there? Or do you guys count? I'm not a skier, so <laughs> if I ask a dumb question... Don't Let's, be worried. <laughs> we've got, uh, I think, 70 total ski runs. Um, so Seven zero. Quite extensive. Seven zero, yep. Holy and cow. And about 20 of those are, are wooded areas, um, and then 50 of them are open trails. So it's a pretty good selection. Over, I think, about 400 acres of skiing that we offer. Oh my God! Yeah, and I know that uh, it's that's a very popular area to go ski, especially like you said from people from Illinois because it's shorter distance. Um, how did you get there? And I know you graduated from Northern, right? Yeah, so I you kind of grew up skiing at these resorts coming from Tomahawk, Wisconsin, which was my hometown, about an hour and a half south of there. I uh, kind of fell in love with the industry and Gogibic Community College uh, right here in Ironwood had a program in ski area management uh, and I decided to take that on uh, and then you know went on to graduate from Northern Michigan University with my bachelor's in ski area management uh, and that ended up taking me out west to enjoy the mountains for a year and uh, then decided I wanted to be closer to home and you know, made the switch back to the Midwest, and uh, I've been here ever since. And uh, what, where were you at on the in the west side of the country? 
Well, I was living in Breckenridge, Colorado. Okay, that's even a better story now. You came back to Michigan and to the yeah. Midwest. Yeah, yeah. So what what sort of drove you back? Like, what do you like best about where you live? Uh, go get it. Well, I think the really cool thing is I, I loved living in Colorado. You know, we had really great mountain biking and skiing and hiking and lots of adventure-based activities. And what I loved about the UP is they had all those same activities, uh, but at a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the people. Uh, so it's a little more remote and serene than what you get in Colorado. And much more affordable. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and you're sort of a growing trend, I think, of people who are sort of boomeranging back to this area. Uh, you said you've seen other people coming back from other places, too. Yeah, we've actually been working on building our team recently and have hired quite a few folks from Colorado and Montana on some of those places that are, you know, getting too expensive to really afford to settle down and, and build a family. Yeah, no, it sounds like uh, it's a very uh, attractive place. I've only been up there, I sadly, once or twice to that area, but mainly I've been closer toward the turn Uh I don't know what it's called. The where is that Iron River? What's the one that's real close to the Wisconsin border? Is it river or Iron? Um, I, there's Woods. quite a few irons, but Iron River splits. It's basically split in half uh, right on the border there. Uh, and Ironwood's very similar though, with Hurley in Wisconsin and Ironwood on the Michigan side, both being basically the same town. Where's Izzo from? Tom Izzo. He's from one of those cities, I think. Uh, oh. I iron something. I don't, know. don't worry. You, you, you can <laughs> punt on that. Don't worry. But I know he's from one of the irons. Um, well, anyway, I uh, want to say thanks again, uh, Benjamin Bartz. He's the general manager for the Snow River Mountain Resort. Sounds like you got a great gig. You'd love what you're doing. And we appreciate you being in Michigan and coming back and uh, keep up the good work. And thanks for doing this today, Benjamin. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pretty special place. And Hopefully we'll see some of you folks up there this winter and feel free to stop in and say hello. I'm always around. Will do. Thanks for joining us today on the Michigan Opportunity. To hear more discussions like this, visit the Michigan Opportunity at thegreatvoice.com. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Whether you're looking for small business resources, exploring an expansion or relocation, or seeking a world-class workforce, visit michiganbusiness.org to learn how you can make it in Michigan.